Shop Woodhouse Ford first and experience the difference. The all-new 2022 Bronco Sport is built wild for the thrill seeker, the sightseer, and the day tripper. A capable and dependable SUV that's ready to tackle the dirt, dust, and mud. Bronco Sport offers four models to match the way you explore the outdoors. Shop, finance, and buy your way. Online at WoodhouseFord.com or one of our three convenient Ford locations in Blair, Omaha, or Plattsmith. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Liftoff will start in T minus 10 seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. What's up, everyone? This is Ray. This is Chris Chavez. This is your boy, Heezy, a.k.a. Raheel Ramzanali. It's Sean from Shots and Thoughts. This is Timoteo Keister. What up, what up? It's Bruce Williams, the Mastodon himself. This is Devin White, a.k.a. The Gentleman. It's your boy, Vaughn Wafer, former Houston Rocket, retired professional NBA basketball player. Five, four, three, two, one. We have ignition. And you're now tuned in to the Summit State of Mind podcast. What is going on, everyone? You are listening to the Summit State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Stepbacks and everything Houston Rockets, presented by the Minute Media Podcast Network and the official podcast to SpaceCityScoop.com. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny. And of course, with me, as always, is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. Hey, man, I'm just going to say, dude, we're in Houston. We live in Houston. And that temp drop was real. It just dropped like 10 degrees. You are living it right now. You are outside with the hoodie on. How you yeah, feeling today? I'm, I'm, I'm living it. I am in the hoodie. But you, if you don't see the bottom, I'm in shorts. So it's like I'm like semi-tortured. But, you know, when I look at, like, you know, the view behind me, I see this nice little, I don't know, whatever the moon is supposed to be shaped as. It looks like, I don't know. I don't even like, know if that's a moon or a stain on a, on a windowsill. That's maybe that is own, a I stain. <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, it's been a good day. Good. Fantastic. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to tell you right now, man, the day is about to get better because if y'all can hear by now, we are on Zoom and we have not one, but two brand new guests at the summit. That's right, y'all. For the first time ever, two brand new guests at the summit. Let's see if I can introduce them properly. The first person I want to introduce right here is the site expert to SpaceCityScoop.com. He's a contributor to HoopsHabit.com and host of the Above the Break podcast. And for the first time ever, and I found out just now that he's a Washington Bullet slash Wizards fan, we're introducing for the first time ever <laughs> Nevin, a.k.a. NB Lindbergh at the Summit. Nevin, how's it going, brother? How are you doing today? Uh, doing Doing about as good as I can. You're talking about the temperature drop in uh, Houston. It snowed like two or three days ago here in D.C. where I live. And uh, we're getting some more snow. Um, but Jeez. the next person you might introduce, they'll have a much better understanding of temperature drops. <laughs> you, you're just like, it's, 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 it's snowing and it's going to snow some more. So awesome. Awesome. Well, dude, thank you once again for coming on the summit. We really appreciate it. Okay. Let's introduce the next guy here. He is the site expert at the jnotes.com, the Utah jazz fan sided website, co-host to above the break podcast and writer to last word on hoops. And also for the first time ever, we are introducing James Piercy. At the summit, James, how's it going, man? And I know you're a Rockets fan, and I appreciate that. <laughs> How you doing today? 
Doing good, man. Diehard Rockets fan. Don't want to hear anybody uh, complaining about the weather, to be honest with you, because I live in St. John's, Newfoundland, Canada. And you probably don't know what that is, but trust me, it, it, the weather is not nice <laughs> at all. <laughs> oh, I am so sure of that. I, I don't even want to know. I don't even we, want we to. Had a, we had a weather event last year that people called Snowmageddon. So that'll give you a pretty good idea of what's going I heard, on. Here. I heard of that. That's freaking wild, dude. It You're like in the north north. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it sucks. So, okay, so let me get this straight. I got two, you know, great guests, like two awesome guys here. And and to my left, according to the to the screen right now, I got a guy that works for the Utah Jazz, is a Rockets fan and lives in Canada. So let's 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 all you put to you first, uh, James. Let's what's the story there? I got to know. (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh, For some reason, when I was a kid. I saw Charles Barkley in that right guard ad. Do you remember he used to say uh, anything less would be uncivilized? Yes. I, I'm I'm, th- I'm 34. I feel like maybe I'm the uh, <laughs> the adult in the room. Not 100 percent sure, but uh, yes, yeah, you're yeah. a little bit up there. See, I'm like 30. I'm 32. I got my I'm on my Magic Johnson yeah. year. So you're yeah, at yeah, the that's team. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, you're like you, you're at the tail end of your prime, and I'm I'm just there. Out you of go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Anyway, for some reason, I found that hilarious, and uh, I guess I was like eight years old. I, I've just been a Houston Rockets fan ever since. Like, I'm not going to jump ship, you know. So, I, I've been through a lot with the team, man. Yao Ming, you know, Scottie Pippen, all sorts of stuff. God, and yeah, Scottie I just Pippen. played Rockets, but I, I I write about the Jazz because I needed a gig, basically, you know. We're definitely going to be talking about that for sure. That's going to be one of the first topics we're going to talk about. But awesome stuff, dude. That's great. Let's uh, all up it to Nevin right now. Nevin, so you live in. So I didn't even know where you live. So you live in D.C. You grew up a Wizards fan and you're writing about the Houston Rockets. What's the story there? Well, so this is probably going to be pretty relatable for Rockets fans in like kind of like a twisted, awful sense. Okay. so uh, I uh, moved back. I was working in China right when the pandemic happened. And so I came back and for obvious reasons. And I was like, well, you know, like I'm out of a job now because of a pandemic. So let me just see what I can do for writing. And I had just out of curiosity written for my, for my own entertainment, an article about the Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul trade. Um, and oh. it was titled Houston. We have a problem. <laughs> um, super original title, but, um, and so I just sent it into fan side and, and they're like, Hey, this rock, this is a rockets related article. Do you want to write for space city scoop? And I was like, okay, cool. And you know, at the time they had James Harden, they had Mike D'Antoni, they had Daryl Morey. Like I really like yeah. analytics. So I was like, Oh, like this is a perfect team to write about. They're good. The wizards slash bullets weren't good. And I was like, this is going to be great. You know? Um, and then, and then that Russell Westbrook trade happened and pretty much, as I said, it was, you know, Houston, we have a problem. It was basically a disaster from the start. And now I'm the psycho expert and yeah, I'm loving life. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. First thing I thought about when you said DC and I was like, you talked about the Westbrook trade and I was like, yo man, you got, we got John wall too. We ended up getting John wall. Touche, touche. Talk about yes. timing. <laughs> well, a little bit of fun trivia about myself. I'm, I'm from Tacoma park, Maryland, which uh, is where Steve Francis grew up, who I'm sure oh, that's so, like, right. Steve from Francis, Maryland. Yes. Yeah. So he went to like the same elementary school as I did. Um, so like when I was in elementary school, you know, there is like, I remember this very distinctly. There was like a picture of Steve Francis 
and Destiny's Child on like the cover of some like sports magazine. It was like Steve Francis. It was like Slam born- Magazine or something, yeah. I think. It was yeah. like Steve Francis born to shake up the game. And I was like, man, Steve Francis is the coolest dude ever. And he would like show up like once a year and like, you know, throw out t-shirts and be like, believe in yourself and stuff like that. That's awesome, man. Wow, what a story. So so you are you are alumni along with the franchise. Yes. Yes. That's so uh, straight cool. Straight out to Coma Park. This is awesome. I think you guys may be now the GM can can be my um insurance for this. You guys may be the first one out of first two out of state. I think ever. No. Do we we got someone out of state? Oh yeah. Huh, you we mean did. like living or yeah, living. Well, oh no, we yeah. got no, we had Von well, Vaughn, Vaughn lives yeah, in Louisiana. I'm sorry. Von Wafer lives yes, in Louisiana. Yes, yes, that's right. Okay, so. I stand corrected. Yeah. But nonetheless. <laughs> hey, hey. I, I went to, my family's from New Orleans. I went to school in New Orleans. Like, if you're from Western Louisiana, that's East Texas. I'm sorry. Like, people can say otherwise. Well, he did say that he, he had went to school at Homer, Texas, which is, like, close enough by, I guess. But, you know, I mean, let's let's be real here. Like, that side of Louisiana is so close and you know it's like a two and a half three hour drive to get to what is that uh lake charles yeah just if you want to go gamble it's close enough it's like the same amount of time it gets to austin san antonio so i mean where you're coming from yes i totally understand (laughs) (laughs) right right all right well dude first of all y'all thank you so much for coming on the pod we really really appreciate it look we're a rockets podcast Let's talk some rockets. Here we go. So wait, the first thing I do want to talk about though, and this this I'm going to need James's expertise here because this is very important because you know, we had a guy who just got released and then signed with Utah. We're talking about yeah. Daniel House. Daniel yeah. House just signed with the Utah Jazz. He's, you know, me and the GM, we had a we had a we had a target on his back because we've just been hounding him the whole year. I have not been paying much attention to the Utah Jazz at all this season. I know they're they're obviously a very good team. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, they're they're a good team, but they just got Daniel House. I need to know, did he has he gotten any PT? Has he played? No. So they've only had one game since they signed him and that was last night and he he did not participate. So we'll see we'll see what happens with that. I think it's like an interesting flyer. Like they they need a defensive wing, right? House mm-hmm. has been that and not been that over the course of his mm-hmm. career in in my yeah. opinion but like he has the potential to be so like he's obviously he's very athletic he can he can be a solid wing defender mm-hmm. i think it's possible it could end up being a longer term fit for them or not <laughs> at, the, at the same time you know we'll, we'll see <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. It's a yes I'm, or no. i mean you know it's for him i think it's more so like a motivational thing because i mean when, when he was with Harden, he played harder obviously and then last year and obviously this year he's been very subpar Probably less than subpar. Let's be completely real here. I mean, when we've been watching the Rockets, he's just been not ideal on the court. Um, but we've seen flashes of what he can do. He had that game where he shot like but perfect from three. He was like four for four or five for five. That was one of the first games we won. Yeah, I every, believe every, do- every dog has his day. I don't remember. That's what he said with him. Touche. <laughs> I, I, one but, thing I think about House is, is that he has trouble playing within himself sometimes, and when yeah. he does do that, he he can be really effective. But at other times, he's like. 
he's trying to cross guys up and ISO and do all sorts of stuff that he doesn't really do. And, and that's when he, so hopefully in Utah, he can be disciplined, like on a good team, you know? And I, and I fully believe that too. I always thought if you put him on a good team, look, we saw Daniel house in a system when he first came here, uh, when he was in the G league and then he got brought up and then he went gangbusters. He played so well in the D'Antoni system with Harden and Chris Paul at the time with PJ Tucker. And I always believe that if you put him in a right system and you just tell him what to do and he's on a winning team and a winning culture, it should influence him really well. Nevin, I want to direct a question over to you. I mean, you've you've seen you've seen Daniel House. You've been there long enough, so you've seen enough of him. I mean, do you believe that? Do you think if he gets put in the right system like Utah, do you think he can be a mainstay in that system? I think the system is perfect for him because they like to take a lot of threes. The the thing with House is like, and it's it's like this for like basically most role players, they are as good as their three point percentage. And when House's three point percentage was good, he he was great. And like that coincided with the, the Harden years, but I think the final Harden season, he started to see a dip. Um, so it's basically like if he hits his open threes, it, does Utah get more open threes? Probably. They have like historically good offense uh, this season. They're like absolutely crushing in offensive rating. So it's a great chance for him to get right. And if he can't get right there, he'll get right in Europe because like that's the next step if he doesn't solve it there. And like I like Daniel House, but like Utah, Salt Lake City, perfect place. If a guy is going to break bubble protocols with the females, Salt Lake City is a good place to go. I can tell you that much. <laughs> My man. Yeah, that's, that's why he's the side expert. Him. It's a good place for him to, for him to what like to get neutered and then he's in the Utah. Mormon, Salt Lake City is where to go. The Mormon influence is going to like keep him in check, okay? Daniel House is about to get married and have like four brand new kids. I found I found uh I, I was going to say I found Christianity, but no, nah, it's going to be Mormon. I became Mormon and all that good stuff. I can only imagine, and I, and, and I thought about it too, what did Vernon Maxwell, if, if y'all follow Vernon Maxwell on Twitter, he's just shitting on the Utah Jazz all the time, obviously because of the past that he had. But I don't know, did he comment on, did he comment on Utah, on no. Daniel House signing with Utah? Not yet, right? I, I just got, so. I was, I've been waiting for it. Maybe they're wait, Maybe he's waiting for him to play. So he can say something. I don't know. I can't wait though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. So the dynamic, the dynamic, dynamic is very interesting. Um, that so hopefully it works out. We'll see. Daniel House, a ten day contract. I I hope he does well as an alumni of the Houston Rockets. I I want him to do. I want to see him succeed. But it just wasn't going to be in Houston. I wanted to. I wanted him to get moved, and there was just no place for him here. I just didn't think he was a good influence in the locker room either because of the mistakes that he ended up making. So all's well that ends well. I hope. James, for y'all's sake, that he does very well. <laughs> <laughs> it gives me more to write about. I, I, I right? want to say this, man. Yeah, go Nevin ahead. was talking. It, it made me think of J.R. Smith. You remember how like he, he was a headache in New York? He had all these like kind of interpersonal problems. And then he went to Cleveland. I remember him saying in an interview, he's like, I'm bored, so I just practice more and like play harder. And it, it, it actually worked out. So maybe it'll be the That's same true. for, for House, true. right? You know? That's a good point. I never thought about that with J.R. Smith. GM, what about you? What did you think about that? Well, I mean, you know, like when there's championship aspirations uh, and you have the right people around you, like you say, like a Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, guys that have been around Mike Conley, you know, those guys bring that type of positive influence into a team. And if the guys like Daniel House, who's fighting for his spot, does not fall in line, then that is something that will obviously bring precedent. He'll pay more attention. Does that make sense? As if he's playing for like a lottery team, he doesn't care. Like, come on now, let's just be real. Motivation is not there. He's been to the playoffs on multiple occasions. He's played against the Warriors in the playoffs. 
back in what 2019, 2019. right? Yep. So I mean, he's been to, like the highest of highs. So come on now, like for him, I think that if he were to be a, uh, if I can say this, like a productive member of society in Utah, he will survive. You know, that's all it is. That's all you need. The J.R. Smith comparison was perfect. I thought that was a very ideal in the sense of his buffoonery <laughs> when he brings to the table. You know what I mean? My so, man, my man yeah. used to do rock and roll uh, three-pointer shots, so I can't fault the man if he's, if he's in the right system. So That's my favorite celebration. <laughs> so hopefully he does well. So, okay, enough of the Daniel House front. Let's go talk about the Houston Rockets. Look, let's talk about it right now, the feelings. Let's talk about the overall state of the team. They're 11-28. and 28. They snapped their eight-game skid with a just an incredible game last night. We'll get into it. Pre- we'll get into it in just a minute, but I want to ask you first, Nevin, um, since it's your first time on the podcast, you know, I want to get your opinion on the overall state of the team. You know, we go through the, the 16 game losing streak to start the season. And then, you know, we just come back with another eight game win streak. And then, you know, we're just, just streaks galore over here. Then we get an eight game slide. And then the incident happened, the incident with Wood and KPJ happens. And then we get the KPJ game winner. What's your overall state of the team so far? Um, I think they're right on schedule. Um, I think with rebuilding teams and contending teams, you have to think about it in two di- very different ways. Rebuilding teams, you can't, lo- you don't think about individual seasons. Just think about multiple seasons. So, so this is Act One of a three-season act to get back to being good. Um, when you're a really good team, focus on that season because you have a chance to win. You want to maximize those opportunities in that season. So as Rockets fans, you've been blessed. And as someone that's a Wizards fan, I have not had this blessing where you've been able to think about your team in like one season intervals about like, they need to win now. What can we do to win this season? And like, that's completely flipped. And I'd say this is a season one in like a three season rebuild plan. And they're right on schedule. They, the, they, the start, the horrible start probably was like the best thing ever. It took off all of the pressure. You don't need to like worry about like, are we going to be too good? Like, are, is our pick not going to be good enough? There's, you don't need any of that debate. Jalen mm-hmm. Green struggled early on, but he's really come on. Um, early in the season, I wrote about how a lot of score first players with his archetype that ended up becoming all-stars struggled early on. And then they start to figure it out. I mean, if you think about it, how do you score in the NBA? Or how do you score in basketball? You have to be better than the guy covering you. He's had being better than the people he's played against his whole life really easy. If NBA is the first time he has to like figure it out, work. And I think we'll see kind of what we've seen since he came back from the injury role. He'll have really good games that are helped by great three-point shooting. Then you'll have a bad game. And then we'll have the games where he's getting to the free throw line and that's really helping. And there'll be some games where he puts it all together. But right now you just go, how are the rookies playing? And the only other, like the only real thing that kind of sucks is you kind of go Christian Wood, the trade value is not really there. And if the trade value is not there, that means you're not looking like a guy we want to extend. So the Christian Wood situation has not been great, mm-hmm. but honestly, like that's, that's, that doesn't really matter. What matters is, is Jalen Green good? Oh, Alperin Shangun looks like he might be good also. Josh Christopher's in the NBA. I think a lot of people thought he'd be in the G League. That's great. Usman Garuba, we haven't seen, but like if he comes in the second half and plays pretty well, like just focus on the rookies. And then KPJ, I'm not a huge KPJ fan. Uh, James probably knows that. Um, he hit that game winner. That was a great shot. 
but he's really inconsistent. And so, mm-hmm. and the consistency hasn't been there. And so that's what you're looking for in the second half with him is mm-hmm. it's like the great plays are there every game, the random 50 pointer, like he had last year against the bucks. Those are there. It's like, I, I would be happier if those get disappeared and you see three straight games where he's like 17 points, three turnovers, seven assists, like that type of production. Yeah, because I mean, what you want to see is you want it to be cut down with his turno- assist to turnover ratio. Because right now it's like, what, two to one for most games? And I mean, that's a you, good game. Yeah, and that's the, that's the thing. <laughs> so and it it, it yep. sucks because what you really want to see is like him cut down the turnovers like two, like eight assists, two turnovers. That's when we'll start to see. But the good thing is that his turnovers have gone down. Uh, in the sense of the yearly average, correct? Like he started out the year, like the first, like what, 15 games, he was like six a game. It was terrible. And the adjustment period, we're seeing it visually. And we're seeing, because like what we're seeing now since he's been back is he's unlocked different sides of his passing. Like we've seen some passes that we didn't see before, which is great. But now it's just more so along the lines of stringing it together, where it's like minimizing the mistakes. Because we see great flashes we also see horrible mistakes. And that's the thing that you'll see normally from a young team and from a first-year point guard who is really a shooting guard in his third year in the league. So I, I like KPJ to an extent. I'm not sold on him as a point guard, to be honest with you. Kenny knows that. I think that Josh Christopher has more potential at the point guard position, in my opinion. But... You know, we're not going to think about that in year one. This year is all about figuring it out for those guys like KPJ, Jalen Green, and seeing what we got with LP and Christian Wood on the court together before they decide whether they really want to trade him. Even though I'm on the, I'm on the side of where we should trade Christian Wood, but I'm willing to wait it out to see you know how they work together. But who knows? We'll see, uh, like who knows what Raphael Stone is thinking. I mean, but. At the he's end of the day, he has a good mindset, though. I mean, he, he's been having I mean, he's been plugging away at the right. I, in my opinion, I think he's been making the right moves. But what about you, James? Let's, let's bring it over to you now. So let's say this. You know, you have the state of the team in this season so far. You know, they're 11 and 28 from the perspective of, of a Rockets fan. You know, you're you know, you, you bleed, you bleed red, you bleed red, rocket red. So what's your opinion on so far on the rocket season? Yeah, very much similar to Nevin's opinion, really. Like, I, I, I never wanted to come into this season looking at it in terms of wins and losses, right? I, I, I expected a lot more on the losses side. Uh, I wanted to see progress from young guys is really what matters to me, right? And I, I, I'm really encouraged by Green's performance since he got back from injury. Like, all, all the tools that we knew were there, he's using. And it's apparent to me that, like, he's going to be a big-time player in this league. And that... For me, it was the most important thing of the whole season. Uh, Shangun's development is really, really encouraging. I do have some worries about him long-term as a rim protector, which Nevin knows about. Uh, I, I think a lot about the 2022 draft, right? More than I think about, even though I watch almost every Rockets game, my mind is perpetually on the draft. And I, I like Chad Holgram. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like Chad Holgram because I think we really need rim protection. But I think that if we draft Chad Holgram... It's going to be like, we'll see if Shangun's in town, you know, like for the rest of his career, but he's a super talented offensive player, like crazy passing vision is like prodigious. Like he's, he's pretty special that way to me. So I like a lot of what I'm seeing. I also have worries about Kevin Porter Jr. I I think 
he's also a really talented kid. I don't think he's a point guard either. And uh, I think he's probably a sixth man moving forward, to be honest. I see him as like a like a perennial sixth man of the year candidate. I'm not sold on him as like a future star like some Rockets fans are. But time will tell. I, I think the talent's there. I think that if he had a more reliable jump shot, he'd be a lot more effective as a lead ball handler, right? Of course. Of For course. me, the, the biggest thing that we can measure the season on moving forward is the trade deadline. I, I also lean on the side of like we have to trade Christian Wood. So seeing what kind of value we get for Wood is going to be really important. And I think we obviously have to trade Eric Gordon. Like no, nobody would. Really oh, absolutely. That, right. Yeah. He, does, so, he deserves it. And he deserves it. Yeah. Right. No, nobody says that with like malice. We all love Eric Gordon. It's just it's his time to go. Right. I'd love to see him in mm-hmm. Phoenix or like. I don't know, on the Clippers for next year or like something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So hopefully we can get some decent value for those guys. I'm, I'm a little pessimistic about Woods value, but like even an intriguing young player and maybe a protected pick would be an excellent return. I would have always oh, thought that in terms of Christian Wood, that if you were, this was before everything obviously went down, but at least where he was towards the end of the tail of last season, where he had actually a really good season, his best season of his career, I thought like, I was thinking in my head, okay, maybe Golden State, maybe Golden State could work. And I think in, in a vacuum, he would, in a perfect world, he would, I think he'd be perfect for that system. But now we we see the attitude, we see kind of the divaness within him. And he's obviously does not, there's no it. And I've told the GM this many times that he'll, he's a stat pattern. He'll put the stats up. He'll do all the sexy stuff on his stats, on a stat sheet. He looks great, but it's all about the winning plays. It's the defense. It's the rebounding. It's boxing out. It's making winning plays, winning blocks. You're 6'10. You're the biggest player on the floor. You know, according to like the Washington Wizards game that happened last night, I just didn't see him play big. When Kuzma is your center, when Kuzma's their center, like I thought Wood was going to do more on the defensive end and I didn't see any of it. Like, not, no, no. No communication on the defensive end. That's where I want to see it. I just want to see winning plays from him and we're just not getting it. So, you know, hopefully we'll see what happens um, on the, on the trade deadline front. And we're going to, you know, when the trade deadline comes around, we're going to have to get y'all back on there for that because we're going to have to talk about it for sure. There's going to be a lot of, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of topics. I'm sure. So there's one funny thing about Eric Gordon is, you know, everyone's like that final season isn't guaranteed. It's like for 20 million. It's not. Mm. Yes. It's team not option. guaranteed, but if the t- if he if he's on a team that wins a championship, that final season becomes fully guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So imagine a team trying to trade for Eric Gordon for the stretch run, and they're like, "Wait a sec." I mean, he would maybe he would waive it honestly, um, and just like maybe he'd waive it and say the buyout or like you know it ups the guarantee if he were to get mm-hmm. bought out or something. But like, can you just imagine? It's like. You know, like a year from now, it's like, yeah, we almost traded Eric Gordon to Golden State or something. Not that that would be realistic for salary, but like to Golden State. But they're like, we think we might actually win the championship, so we don't want to get him. Anyone that trades for him doesn't think they're actually going to win the title. That's my theory. That that, that would be horrible. Because I mean, yeah, I like, if, if you're going to take on that last season for one title, like for example, like a Phoenix team, have they ever won a title or did they win in the seventies? I don't remember anymore, yeah. but a team like Phoenix, for example, that just needs one championship, right? If they can just get one title, it'll be all worth it. They'll take whatever it takes. Like it's not, I don't, I'm not considering them desperate. It's just more so the teams that haven't won at all. And that want the, you know, they want that adulation. You know what I mean? Like if Chris Paul, if you were to tell Chris Paul, for example, like we don't want to trade for Eric Gordon because we don't want to pay for that guaranteed last year. And he's like, are you kidding me? We can win it all, but you don't want to trade for him because you don't want to pay 20 million at the end. Like, come on, man. That's crazy. 
you know, win it now and worry about it later. That's like, but what, what, what we were thinking about Kenny, like when you were saying like the Correa resigning, it's like, we want to, we want to resign him. Who cares? We win one more world series. We'll take all the money. Yeah. If we who win cares? championships, you know championships I mean? are, are, that's the money, you know, no matter what that's, yeah. that's been our mindset anyways. As Houston fans. Yeah. Correa, as Houston, Correa is so good. He's so good. He's so young. I mean, the injuries in the back can, I, I played college baseball. I'm a big baseball fan, but um, oh, awesome. Awesome. Um, but like Correa, like the issue, I love what the rock, uh, the, not the, rock, the Astros did for the rebuild, but like them mm-hmm. kind of going cheap and not wanting to, it's not even cheap. They don't want to give guys long-term deals. Yeah. Like, it's like six years or under. That's it. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. I'm just like with a guy like Correa, like that's the dude you actually give a long-term deal to. And mm-hmm. if like his back is shot and like, it ends up being a bad deal. Okay. It happens. Like, too many front offices screw themselves over where they say we got to win every transaction. We got to win every deal. Exactly. Correa is a guy where if you were to, if you were to lose that transaction, like there's no salary cap in baseball. Like what are you doing? Bring him back. Draft him exactly. number one overall. People killed him for drafting him number one overall because they could get mm-hmm. him under slot. You underpaid him when you drafted him, pay the man his money. He's, he's great. He's worth it. Like that's, it's not even like, you know, keep him around. Cause like legacy, it's like, he's good, young, productive, any place shortstop, like there's nothing more you can want in a player. He's your Cal Ripken. He's your Derek Jeter. Just make him that instead of, you know, letting him go be someone else's a rod. You're speaking to Kenny, Kenny, and he's he's the biggest Crea advocate. You're preaching, you're preaching to the <laughs> choir, uh, Nevin. And if anything, you just gained like ten more fans on this podcast. I guarantee it. Whoever, whoever, whoever loves the Astros and listens to this podcast, everyone, everyone's like, oh, I love Nevin now. This is great. No, but like, no, that's no. You're right, exactly. Sometimes you know it doesn't equate it, it, championships over everything. And that's been the mantra, especially for the city of Houston. Like we just don't. We've won one championship in 2017. We won two championships in the Houston Rockets in 94 and 95. And that is it. That is the, that is, that is, we've reached the summit three times in all three sports. The Texans haven't even gotten close. So it's like, we're at a point now where it's like, who, dude, who cares, man? Championships are bust. So I'm hoping Phoenix or another team can feel that way too. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And Nevin, that's awesome that you're a baseball fan. We're going to have to get you when we do like, so we do Jukebox State of Mind episodes. So maybe when we have to do an Astros episode, we can get you on for that as well. Dude, I can get, I can get way too deep into like the sabermetrics. Of, of oh, dude, I, w- I want to hear it. I want, I'm here for it because I love we'll, hearing we'll, that we'll stuff. Nerd out, we'll nerd out in a future episode for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. You'll be, you'll be hearing a lot of W URC plus coming out of my mouth. <laughs> the only way to do it, right? The only way to do it. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Ted, wake up. Huh? You look exactly like me. I am you, Ted, from the future. You need to call Progressive. What? Why? Well, they have 24-7 protection when you bundle your home and auto. And my teleportation cube just smashed into your car. Wait, you crashed into my car? Technically, it's our car. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Okay, boys, let's go. Let's let's circle back and talk about the Rockets here. Obviously, last night was an incredible game. Uh, Nevin, I have to apologize ahead of time. I didn't no idea you were a Wizards fan, so I I didn't know how you felt about that. You know, you must I mean, have felt like perfect. It's kind of yeah. perfect. I felt like I was set up. You're like, hey, man, you want to come on? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I was like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna walk in here with my little, you know, 
um, little walk. The the <laughs> who's who's that little Irish fighter? I'm spacing on. Oh, Conor Conor Conor, yeah, 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 the little Conor McGregor yeah. swagger. Like, uh, 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 Wizards got the dub. Wizards got the dub, and then they're like they lose at the buzzer. I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> 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 like they were down early. They got down so big in that first quarter, and I was just like, oh no. <laughs> No. yeah yeah exactly no no seriously like and, and Alex was gonna ask you first on it too because you know because you are the you are the Wizards fan but you know let's spotlight KPJ's game winner here he didn't have a great game me and the GM we did our post game on it yesterday and uh we we released it this morning but you know I want to get y'all's take on it obviously I'm asking Evan first um look he had a terrible game uh for KPJ a terrible game and then all of a sudden boom you know he got assists he was able to get a few things done um defense was okay but he missed like his last eight of nine shots. And then all of a sudden, boom, the game winner, the step back three in Neto's face. I just want to ask you, you know, your opinion on KPJ from this game, from what you've seen. And I guess uh, overall from the incident as well and leading up to this point. So what's been your overall opinion on him? Um, well, I, just uh, on the that final play, I mean, I think this is kind of like the reason why people believe, believe in him so much is like he has that wow factor and the ability to hit really tough shots and just the ability to do really awesome things. I will say when that play was drawn up, I was like, I, I, I said some expletives and my girlfriend's like, you need to calm down. <laughs> um, and I was like, no, like why isn't Jalen green have the ball on this? I'm like, you know, I was like, cause I'm thinking, I'm like, Hey, like, just like if, if you hit, if you make or miss this shot, it doesn't matter really. Cause you, you still have overtime. I was like, give the rook a chance, but I actually really liked the play. Um, I think the Wizards went in that play. They said um, KCP was going to guard whoever had the ball. We were going to put our best perimeter defender on whoever starts out with the ball. I thought that made sense. And the Rockets kind of were like, whoever Raul Neto is covering, we're going to have that guy run and kind of like send like a phony screen. And they rightly assume they're going to switch everything. And like, basically that was great because Kevin Porter Jr., anyone on that court can get a shot up over raw Neto. Like I love watching the guy play like, like, you know, he's, he's like three inches taller than JJ Barea. Maybe if you're being kind, like, you know, he's a spark plug offensive bench piece, but like he's a defensive liability. Cause if he wasn't, he would be a starter in the NBA somewhere. Um, great play, great shot. Um, but I think like, that's like, that game was like everything about KPJ. It's like, you know, whatever his like game was, it's like, it's like his game log. You're like, wow, there's like three not so great games and then one wow game. And it's like the wow games we remember a lot more. Um, as for the incident that happened uh, in the locker room, look like this, this has been like an issue with this guy, his entire career, right? Like he was like a pretty highly ranked recruit, went to USC, had like problems there. And like, if you have problems where like in college where like the coaches like aren't, gonna just let you do whatever you want like that's that's not a good sign because like in college you are so much more talented than your peers like they'll put up with a lot of stuff because you'll help them win games and then you know he gets drafted 30th overall and he has the issues in cleveland but my concern with him isn't that it's like the concern i actually have is when this guy's had some like adversity like his responses haven't been great and there's going to be a moment where the rockets say like you know kevin you're not going to bring the ball up anymore. Like, and because like the Rockets have really enabled him. And I think it's like been good for him in a, from a mental standpoint, it's really made him feel wanted, but it's like a certain point in his career, he's not going to feel wanted on the court the same way that he has 
And my mm-hmm. only concern is like, how does he respond to that? Um, because we've seen that like it can get bad. And, you know, look, I'm going to say it's like people, 22 year olds, 18 year olds, like they're not adults. Like you can talk to like a cognitive scientist, like, and that's in the cognitive, like developmental um, phases. Like you're not mentally done growing until you're like 25, especially if you're a man. Um, men, kind of stupid. Takes us a little bit. Takes us a little bit longer. Um, right, right, right. Right. So unfair. So unfair. Yeah. <laughs> He's 22, right? So like, he, hopefully he, he, he matures and he will keep maturing. Um, but I still worry. It's like, you know, from what we've seen, what happens when the Rockets rightfully probably start trying to take the ball out of his hands a bit more? How does he respond? Because when they try to take the ball out of Christian Wood's hands, you have like a full on hissy fit. Yeah, no, that's that's one of the things that I always thought, too, is what if he's not the answer? What if he's not the one? If, oh, KPJ, okay, we're going to slide you to the two. We're going to take the ball out of your hands. We'll see, I don't know how he's going to react. And it and also during plays on the court, if you talk about, like, games that the Rockets play, when he doesn't play well, he kind of shows it. Like, you can see it in the body language. You can kind of see the slack, the lax, and you can kind of see him kind of lay off. And that's where my issues with him lie because, but look, he's 21 like you said, the mind hasn't developed all the way. I'm hoping, you know, however long this experiment lasts, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll be like, F this, we're going to get Jaden Ivy. You know, they have the fourth pick. Let's get Jaden Ivy. Let's get the, you know, the best point guard in the draft. And then boom, Kevin Porter, you got to slide to the two, buddy. Jalen, you got to slide to the three. This isn't, you know, this, this is what we got to do. So, you know, hopefully whatever they decide, we have to trust the process in terms of what Kevin Porter Jr. provides. That's, that's my, that's always been my mindset with him. So James, what about you? You know, as a, as a Rockets fan, kpj game winner i mean you must have were, were you able to watch live were you able to catch it yeah uh, oh snap immediate funny, reaction I, <laughs> I, funny i was i was like half busy like like tinkering with some work and stuff but then i checked my phone i saw the score and i was like now i have to turn the game on for sure like yeah it, it, it's rare that i miss a game but I, I i planned to miss last night's game but then i was like no i can't miss this if, if they're gonna win you know like <laughs> right <laughs> thank you <laughs> that doesn't happen very often yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I want to talk on Kevin Porter Jr. a little more generally. Well, first of all, Absolutely. I'll say, of course, like, yeah, go ahead. Th- that was him hitting the game winner last night was like one of the most poetic things I've seen in sports in a long time, right? Like, mm-hmm. like after the whole meltdown and the, the the incident and everything else, and he didn't even have a good game, and then to come and hit that shot, like it was it was beautiful. It was beautiful, right? I worry about Kevin Porter Jr. for a few reasons. You guys are right that if they take the ball out of his hands, it could be a problem. But even beyond that, like I worry about his placement in the offensive pecking order and how that's going to affect his mentality. Like if, if the Rockets end up drafting Paulo Bancaro, say, right? Kevin Porter Jr. becomes the third most important player on the team. That, that's assuming that uh, Christian Wood gets moved, right? And like, I think there's room for two ball handlers on a team. We, we saw that during the Harden Paul era, right? Yep. But yep, exactly. if, if it ends up being Bancaro, then he, or Ivy, he, he becomes the third ball handler, right? And like, it's a very real possibility um, and even, the, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity to run the offense through Shangun uh, and the high and low post and, and make use of his passing abilities. So I don't know in the future if Kevin Porter Jr. is going to have the type of role that he envisions himself having. And it's complicated because I think he does have the talent to, like, maybe find that kind of role in the NBA. But at the same time, he's not – I don't think he's ever going to be, like, a top 10 player. And, and I just hope that mentally he can handle that. I, I, I want to say that – I think Kevin seems like a really good kid with a big heart. Like I like him and I root for him always, mm-hmm. but I do think that there are some like 
deep rooted issues and some trauma responses that are making him have a hard time in locker rooms. I really hope it works out. I'm, I'm not sure what to expect uh, in his future with the Rockets. No, I, I, I absolutely because in terms of what we're not sure what he's going to provide, uh, especially in the future. GM, what about you? You know, uh, Nevin and James gave their take. Your take overall on KPJ so far? Um, I agree with uh, you guys on just the basis of the fact that he. We don't believe that he is should be the main ball handler. He seems more of like a guy that would be better off off ball movement slashing. You know, he played the two last year alongside John Wall part part of the time right um and when james and you said that you think that he'd be better as a six man see i i like that idea more so like uh well who are we say this like a <clears throat> the faux backup point guard like eric gordon was back in the day you know what i mean mm. for us and i think in that role it allow him to shine because he'll be able to take advantage of the second teamers um that's something that i would kind of want to see down the line mentally if he were to buy in that's the only issue because we don't know the state of his mental health you know obviously there are issues considering that he tried to throw something at john lucas so i mean obviously he's had these episodes of explosion of exploding emotionally and do we even know if he's in the right mindset to play right now that we don't even know you know professional sports a million multi-billion dollar conglomerate mental health isn't really like the focus you know what i mean so i mean considering that he did that and he came back he apologized to the team and then he hits the game winner like you stated poetic you know everything it's just wow unbelievable like you said yesterday ken how can you not get romantic about sports it's unbelievable but at the end of the day in the big picture of it all i'm just not completely sold on him as the point guard and we have to wait and see with his growth on this team, whether or not he can fit as in that mold. And even then who knows the future of Steven Silas, you know what I mean? Like let's say two years down the line, um, we do extend KPJ hypothetically. Right. But then new coach comes in someone a bit more with more of a system. Per Mark se, Jackson. Jackson <laughs> Greg God. Popovich. God, just, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm literally just throwing names. I, I'd be okay with that. Discipli- that disciplinary. Right? David Blatt yeah. makes his comeback to the NBA. Oh, ah, my oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I, haven't heard, I haven't heard that name in years. <laughs> Where's he coaching yeah. now? Is he in Europe? Oh, probably somewhere in Europe. He's somewhere back in Europe. There. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was, yeah. they called him the Greg Popovich in Europe. So that's why everyone touted. He was so highly touted when he went over there with LeBron. So I was very surprised that it ended up working, but LeBron lost respect for him. So that's a whole another ball game. <laughs> you can't get another job in the NBA. He's got to be the like the most successful coach in the history of the league to never be able to get another job. <laughs> the power of LeBron. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, God right. damn it's the power true. of clutch. The power of clutch sports with a K. Ridiculous. Okay, Paul, man. <laughs> I know, right? No, seriously. Okay, so we we spotlighted KPJ. Now let's. Let's 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 backtrack a little bit. Let's back. Let's spotlight the KPJ and Wood incident. It's it, we got past it, obviously, for the most part. Wood 
KPJ get one game suspensions. Me and the GM, we talked about this a few days ago, but I want y'all's opinion on it. I'll direct it over to you, Nevin, first. Um, look, Wood decides to sit out second half, refuses to go in. KPJ gets into an argument because he's not going to start the third quarter or they weren't even going to play him at all. He ends up leaving at halftime. Um, just immediate thoughts, Nevin, of what you thought when you, especially you, you, you know, you're writing about this team. And but but you're not you know they're not your number one team. I'm curious what your mindset is, you know, because you're, you're this might be the first person that has ever come on the podcast that it does that. You know, you write about the team, but you don't, you know, they're not your number one team. So kind of like on an outsider's perspective, almost, you know, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's uh, it's like the what the the athletic reporter when like all the fans found out he wasn't like actually a Rockets fan. It was like a day of reckoning. Rockets Twitter, dude, they, they go on meltdowns once a week. And unfortunately that was his, that was their meltdown on him. And yeah, it was over. <laughs> that was yeah, silly. No, I, silly. Look, man, I've been, right. I've been targeted for things that I've, I've written um, because like, you know, I try to be objective because at the end of the day, like I actually like, like rooting for the Rockets. Like, man, like, I'm a Wizards fan. I'm used to rebuilds. This is like, this is my comfort zone, man. Like, <laughs> right in my wheelhouse. Um, the Wood KPJ thing, honestly, it, there's two ways to think about it. Like what Kevin Porter did was like, obviously like more dramatic than what Wood did. But as someone that's, you know, been in locker rooms and played, <laughs> there's really, it's about how the teammates feel about the guys, Right. Because there are some guys where like they get angry and they just do stuff and you're like, you don't want to be around them when that happens, but they're normally like cool guys to be around. Like everyone understands it. They're good about apologizing, like owning up and like doing all that stuff. Right. So if Kevin Porter Jr. is doing that and the rest of the guys there vibe with him and are cool with like, you know, they get that's like, you know, stuff happens. Like people are people. That's, that's, that's what matters with wood. I feel like, it's there's no way that's sitting well with the guys on the team. And like, to me, it's like, I'd rather have a guy that like loses his mind because of their emotions and like does bad things than a dude who's like, I'm going to be as petty as I can possibly be. Because like, let's be real here. Wood was basically pissed that he broke a team rule. And they said, well, like we have to do something. You broke a rule and from my understanding, he, you know, punctuality is not his forte. Um, he's not usually on time. So it's one of those things where it's like, look, Wood, like Christian, Christian Wood, the cross, my man's like, you, you keep showing up late. This one, you showed up late, New, New Year's Day, right? Like, that's never a good sign if you're a coach, right? Like when I was in college playing ball, you know, the day after, holiday sometimes they'd be like okay 6 a.m workouts it's like oh like i know what you're trying to do you're trying to stop us from going out um like way to go way to go thanks um but we were in new orleans so ride and die but um for real for real yeah. yeah so like you know for wood it's kind of like if i'm a guy on the team i'm probably like i think it what matters how the guys feel and i think the way people are going to feel about wood if i was on that team be like dude you keep showing up late you showed up late you got punished own it and then you're like i'm not even going back in like dude like you're christian freaking wood like you're a good nba player but like if you were a really good nba player like you wouldn't be averaging 16 points on this team you'd be averaging like 28 points because they would be like desperate to get you the ball enough times for you to average 28 points like let's let's be real christian like i don't think the guys vibe with that 
No, he's not. And, and in my opinion, I don't even think he's an all-star, at least right now. And he's only getting older. He's only, he's 26. I, I mean, maybe you can you can argue he hasn't reached his prime, but I, I don't know. I just don't think he wants it enough. And that's just my personal opinion on that. Um, James, let's let's direct it over to you now. Look, the K, people argue that the KPJ incident, it was worse than the Wood incident. Me and me and the GM both think that we thought the Wood situation was worse than the KPJ incident because it was reported that KPJ apologized right after the game. He actually wanted to apologize during the game, but it, you know apparently they didn't let him back in Toyota, so that's a whole other story. And then, uh, <laughs> so James, two questions: one, which situation did you think it was worse? And two, who who was the whistleblower that called uh, Sham Sharani and said, "Hey, man." I got some news to tell you. Guess what KPJ? <laughs> guess what KPJ did in the locker? You don't hear Washington. You know, you know, shit happens, right? Yeah, I don't hear anything from Washington. I don't hear anything from Utah. Here comes fucking Houston. And then, you know, oh, whistleblower, freaking, I don't know, Jeff Hornacek or someone else. You know, guess, <laughs> I got some news for you, man. Guess what KPJ did tonight? You know what I mean? So two questions. Uh, hopefully you rem- hopefully I, I was able to lay it up properly. So go ahead. Yep. I mean, I swear to God, if it was Jeff Hornacek, I'll, I'll start rooting for the Wizards, you know? So. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I, I, I couldn't imagine who, who was the whistleblower, but I will say I like that question because, like, we don't know what happened, and that makes it difficult to assess it, like, uh, without having really been inside the situation, right? One thing I would love to know is it was widely reported that one of the young players like, challenged Wood on his effort, right? That's something that we keep seeing around. I would love to know who that was because if it was Kevin Porter Jr., personally, I can forgive a dude a lot more easily for being upset about another player's lackadaisical effort and storming out of the arena on account of that guy wouldn't, you know, try on defense than I can Christian Wood for like just being pissed about being out of the rotation, you know, like that, like for breaking a team rule. So, I mean, if it was Porter Jr. upset about Wood's defense, then I, I I think certainly that's more forgivable. You know, my my gut instinct is to say that it was that, that Woods' actions were worse. There's also a bit of a precedent. Like Wood, man, I, I he was barking at Armani Brooks two or three weeks ago for for shooting his shot when like Armani only gets a few shots every night. He's got to take them, right? And then and then the next night he was barking at Jalen Green, who is probably the franchise player. So it's like he doesn't want anybody to shoot except for him. There's a little bit of a precedent, whereas I think Kevin Porter Jr., like he really puts forth an effort for the team and he cares about the guys in the locker room and stuff, is, is my read, you know? Yeah, yeah. So my, my, my gut instinct is to say the Woods situation was worse, but maybe I'm biased because I like Kevin, you know? Like, so it's, 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 it's... <laughs> so does everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, right, right? Yeah, it's, it's hard to say. Yeah, no, absolutely. It is. And, you know, we're all technically media here. You know, uh, at the end of the day, it's like we're not certain, obviously, on the situation. They can write a whole, you know, three, four paragraphs on what had happened. And they obviously all did. But at the end of the day, we don't know what happened inside that locker room. We never know what goes on inside the locker room, except for the coaches and the players. So hopefully this is the last time we go through an incident like this, at least during this season. I hope that this is the last month. It's January right now. I hope this is the last month we have Christian Wood on the team. That's my personal preference. Hell but, yeah. Right? <laughs> Let's go. Agreed. If, if, if Agreed. I could step in on one, one more comment. Go actually. ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. One thing I think about a lot is different teams have different approaches to team building, right? Some teams like the Spurs really target guys that like don't ever have any of these issues, right? The Rockets 
have always been, I think for a long time, willing to gamble on dudes who other teams might see as character concerns because they're talented. And I like that approach, but sometimes it does result in this type of stuff, you know? Exactly. Know, exactly. Like, was it like Terrence Williams, Royce White immediately come to mind? <laughs> yeah, Royce White. Man, that's <laughs> okay, okay. The, Royce right? White, yeah. they threw the 16th pick at, Ro- at Royce White or 15th or 16th pick. Now, now I, I would gladly trade my second round pick, top 55 protected for Kevin Porter Jr. any day of the week. You're, you're trading a bag of potato chips and a handshake for, uh, for Kevin Porter Jr. <laughs> as opposed to a 16th overall pick. When I saw that, I was like, oh my God. When I saw that in 2012, I was like, oh my God, we're in so much trouble. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, like the game, the game yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he never played a game, and I was like, "Oh, the game, the 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 game is great. Like he's he's a good player." But I'm like, "Oh my god, there's way too much here." And we weren't even a. It was before, right before Harden. Too. It was like the summer before Harden. So that's a whole other story. But yeah, no, I totally agree. Shop Woodhouse Ford first and experience the difference. The all-new 2022 Bronco Sport is built wild for the thrill seeker, the sightseer, and the day tripper. A capable and dependable SUV that's ready to tackle the dirt, dust, and mud. Bronco Sport offers four models to match the way you explore the outdoors. Shop, finance, and buy your way. Online at woodhouseford.com or one of our three convenient Ford locations in Blair, Omaha, or Plattsmith. Let's go ahead and move forward, boys. Let's talk about, look, you guys were talking about, we always tend to go back to it because he is the franchise. Let's spotlight Jalen Green on the progression of his season. Um, Obviously, a bit of a slow start. He does get hurt out for a month, and then he's just been gangbusters. He's been averaging twenty plus since the since he came back from injury. About six games, I think, from my from my standpoint, six games, and he's been averaging twenty plus, around forty five percent from the field, almost fifty percent from the uh, three point line. He's been gangbusters. He's playing exactly to the point of what we've expected. But GM, let me direct a little question over to you first. Jalen Green on his progression so far. What do you see from it, and uh, what are good takeaways you have from it? I mean, if we're going to start with the progression, it's his shot immediately. We saw the adjustment that he made when he came back. His release is quicker. Um, what else did we read? It was like that it's a little lower so he can get it off faster in the sense. And from what um, we read, it was John Lucas who helped him out. You know, poor guy gets shit thrown at him and no, you know, no love gets for no the guy. Love. Poor guy. You're an assistant <laughs> but, coach, you're not a head coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, like we, we've seen so many things with Jalen thus far. We've seen him initiate contact in the paint more when he's driving. He's more confident when he's getting in there. Where at the beginning of the season, he's getting pushed around. He didn't really understand the physicality of the NBA. He came back. And he's starting to understand. He's like, well, my first step is quicker than these guys. If I can just get past my first defender and get to the second level of defense, anything can happen. And he has the vision to what we've seen in the very few moments that he gets to shine with the ball in his hands is that he's found people. He's been able to find Wood, Shengun, um, amongst others. You know what I mean? Like we've seen so many flashes from Jalen that just blows my mind and it blows my mind also that he doesn't get the ball enough in the fourth, which is very frustrating as a fan. You know, we see, we understand that there's a pecking order in the sense of who has the ball. KPJ obviously is a point guard Christian Wood because he is the quote unquote star and Jalen's the rookie, you know, but from what we've seen is that Jalen has these bright spots and it's just like, how come he does not have the ball more? What was it? That one game where he, practically climbed the comeback against the Lakers, right? Was it the Lakers? That yes. game when he yeah. hit like three or four threes in a row. Yeah. And we were down by one point. Final minute, yep. 
And I was just like, oh no. <laughs> like, wh- who came in? Was it Wood? Wood came back in? Or I don't even remember anymore. Anytime Wood comes about back it. in, we're always like, uh, here comes the L. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, they're, they're like, there's, if you've noticed, like, when he played, like, when Jalen plays with like Josh Christopher, Jay Sean Tate, KJ Martin, LP Sangoon, we see a lot of flashes of movement. There's a lot of movement on the court. The defense might be a little bit weaker considering the perimeter D. Um, but we've seen flashes of great things like hustle. The defense is there. We've seen better rebounding. They're following shots like KJ Martin's a stud when it comes to offensive rebounding. He's just so fast coming from the perimeter to get the the putback, right? But in regards to Jalen overall, like I like what I've seen in comparison to what we see in the beginning of the year. His shot has obviously gotten better. He's averaging what over 40% from three at this point. Isn't he? I don't remember anymore. Well, not not overall, but not since overall, he's been back. Definitely not overall. Since, uh, he's been, since he's been back. Yeah, yeah I have his game log open. I can give you the exact number. Oh, wait, this is, advanced, this is the advanced game log. Let me switch back to the basic <laughs> game log. <laughs> Let's uh, go. Nick. It is, he's at The last two games, he's played terrible. Say it again. See, there you go. 44.4%. He was above like 50 the first, what? Yes. One, two, three, like first four games back, it was like above 50. And I was like, yeah. I was like, if he keeps this up, he's Steph Curry, but better. <laughs> his rookie Touché. year. Yeah. My, my we had is, yeah, right. His rookie year. Holy crap. Great comparison. No yeah. pressure, Jalen. None on you. Yeah. Uh, none. You, but like I, he already doesn't have, like he doesn't have enough already, right? <laughs> I know, man. But I mean, overall, in the sense, like, I think he's been just fine. Like, my expectations were already low because I didn't expect him to catch on to the physicality of the game so quick. That was the issue that I had believed defensively. I believe he'll catch on. He has the fundamentals, but um, overall in the aspect, I'm happy with his progression. I just want him with the ball more on the fourth. That's probably my only thing, but that's a coaching and team issue, not a Jalen issue. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where I'm at. All right. Okay. Good point. Good point. I, I I get your point every episode. So, but like, yeah, like we always we always talk about it, even during the games, we're always just like, all right, well, Jalen Green needs to get the ball. So I, I totally get it. Okay, James, let's switch, <laughs> it over, let's switch it over to you. Um, obviously the spotlight, Jalen Green. Look, he's the number two overall pick. I, the the future of the franchise. It's not to apply too much pressure, but the future of the franchise is pretty much as of right now. It's on his shoulders, along with uh, the four other picks that we had and whoever we acquire next year and the draft. Um, two things. One, what is like what's been your opinion on his progression so far this season? And then two, this is going to be a question for both of y'all because. You follow because, uh, James, you cover the Jazz, so they have an, a terrific shooting guard in Donovan Mitchell. Nevin, you love the Wizards, and they have a balled-out uh, shooting guard by the name of Bradley Beal. My question first to James is, who, who do we compare Jalen Green more to? Do we compare him more to Bradley Beal? Or do we compare him to Donovan Mitchell? So first opinion, and then uh, who do we compare him more, Bradley Beal or Donovan Mitchell? Go. I, I guess size-wise, he's closer to Beal, right? Because uh, Mitchell is actually like a little bit undersized. He's only about six feet, six foot one. Uh, Beal, I think a little closer to that, like six four mark. I, I could be mistaken, but I think so. Uh, in terms of like explosiveness, I, I, I think he's got advantage on both of them. He's just gonna have to add the, the type of craft that like both of those guys have. You know, the um, the deep bag of moves to go with that like first step. It, I, I think I'd draw a comparison to Beal more so. I, I know it's a homer take. 
I love Jalen so much, so I got a lot of homework takes when it comes to Jalen. I, I, I think he very much has the potential to be better than either of them, to be completely honest with you. Uh, I, I guess that leans into my take on his progression so far. Nevin knows that I love this comparison, but you only have to look at Anthony Edwards last year to, to see that what we're seeing from Green is what we should have expected from him. Anthony Edwards was horrible for like half a season, and then he was incredible for, for the second half of the season. And I think it's going to be the same thing with Green. And we're seeing it already. Uh, he's got to add, you know, maybe 10 pounds of muscle throughout his career. He's going to have to do that. That's about the only thing that I see that he needs to add to be like an elite scorer in this league, at least. And I like uh, the GM's points as well about like he he, ha- he has some layers to his game that I didn't necessarily expect. He's a better playmaker than I thought he would be. And he works a little harder. Like he's a little bit better of a defender than I expected him to be. So... Yeah, I I couldn't say a negative thing about him if I tried. He's he's been so incredible over the stretch, man. It's 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 been great to see. Yeah, we're very we're very happy and proud of him too because it's been it's been a long time long time coming, especially since we live in Houston. So we hear the noise like tenfold in terms of like all that a lot. There's a lot of haters out there like that are like, oh, Jalen Green, this Jalen Green, that Jalen Green's not the pick. You know, he cares more about social media than his than basketball. It's it's a whole nother thing. People don't know what goes on in the gym. People don't know what goes on in the locker room. They don't even know. And Jalen Green, he's 19 years old, and you know the guy was highly touted to like if he reaches his apex, it's almost like Kobe like people were saying that he has that capability which is insane I don't know I doubt he'll ever reach it very few very few people will and you know I just hope that whatever as long as he develops and develops properly which I I believe he will he'll definitely be a cornerstone for this franchise but Nevin let's direct the question over to you now um progression so far this season of Jalen Green and comparisons to Bradley Beal what do you think (laughs) well well, I want to Oh, I can't share my screen. Well, I wanted to share my screen oh, um, because I have a, I had a, I have what a graph that, that I made um, that has a his game to game offensive rating and game score. Um, obviously, the defense. Wait, no, I got still... you. I got you. Here we go. All participants. Boom. You have. Yeah. Um, let's Start sharing. Share. All there you go. Yes. Uh, you see this bad boy? You see this bad boy right here? <laughs> oh, we're in. Okay. <laughs> let's yeah, go. So, so, I mean, this is like, this is real basic um, statistics stuff, right? Like this is offensive rating, game score, nothing super complicated. But we can see the, the kind of the lines, the trend lines are both pointing up in like very similar fashions, right? Like this is what James was talking about. This is what we've all been talking about. Like rookie struggle. And he's the type of rookie that's going to struggle right away because what he's supposed to do, what he's good at doing is really, really hard. Right. Like Scotty Barnes, um, who's been great for Toronto. I think that, you know, he he's clearly been he was clearly the right decision in the fourth pick um, for what we've seen with Jalen Suggs. Absolutely. But mm. the way he plays, it's like, yeah, he's not like getting the ball at the top of the key. And they're saying, go create a shot against someone's like best perimeter defender. That's not what he's asked to do. He's asked to get points within the flow of the offense. He's bigger. When you're bigger, that's just like always an advantage in basketball. So like, especially early on, you know, he gets the ball, he can just dunk it. People are creating easy shots for him. And that's the big thing with Jalen Green is that what makes him special is that like, and we've seen it, is that he can create separation, create shots for himself. And through that, as we've also been, I think, all pleasantly surprised with, he's been able to pass a lot better. He struggled early on. We should have expected that because how, what's his game predicated on? I'm better than you. Well, you're in the, the league with the best people. 
in the world. Like it takes some time, even when you're as talented as him. I do agree. He needs to add some weight. I've never been a big, like some people really harp on that with, with prospects. Like I remember people talking about like Evan Mobley, who's been great. They're like, I don't know. He needs to put on weight. I'm like, Hey man, he's 20 years old and he's seven feet tall. Like how many like filled out dudes do you know that like fit that description at that age? Right. Like, it's true. Like, you know, it's like, it takes calories. Like, maybe this way it's like if you don't know anything about like basic science it's like when you're that big just to be skinny you have to eat like four thousand calories right like so if he was if evan mobley 20 is supposed to be yoked out of his mind he has to be eating like an eight thousand calorie diet okay like there's like you can only eat so much food he'd be spending more time eating than practicing basketball but that's not (laughs) here nor there um (laughs) i was a big fan though hey by by the way though i was a huge fan of evan mobley gm wanted jalen and i actually wanted mobley when we netted the second pick our pick was kate cunningham we wanted kate cunningham with the number one pick he wanted he wanted uh jalen green he argued for jalen green and i argued for evan mobley and uh, as of right now (laughs) i'm right (laughs) he's doing pretty well you're right, but you're a Rockets fan and you don't have him, so you're wrong. Like, right? Isn't it just, isn't it just the worst? It's just it's a, funny and, and in it's, other words, it's we all true. in other words, we all lose. This is yeah, like it's, it's the Wario meme. It's the Wario meme. I've yeah. won, but at what cost? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Everything. You no, know, Green's great. I mean, obviously Mobley's been fantastic. His defensive ability, I mean, for a rookie to be that good on defense, he's a game changer. And look, if like he ends up being the best player from this draft, that's fine. All Jalen Green needs to be is the second best player from this draft, right? Like, you know, because if Mobley ends up being as good as what we think, he might win an MVP. If Jalen Green's the second best player, he still might win an MVP, right? That's like, the thing we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. I really like what I've seen. I do think the playmaking is I, what I've seen from the playmaking. I've been very, very pleased with. And it's one of the reasons why I think we've all kind of gone back to this. It's like, can we just like see him with less training wheels on? Like, let's really see what this passing can be like, because people forget this. Russell Westbrook wasn't really considered a point guard when he came into the league. Oklahoma City basically gave him like the Kevin Porter Jr. treatment. They're like, you're now a point guard. Go make as many mistakes as possible. Maybe you don't do that like completely with Jalen, but I'm just like, look, it, you it's crazy to say this but like to be an elite offensive player in the nba in this era you can't just be a 30 point per game score like Mm. you also need to be a really good passer so either jalen's just what a 30 point per game score and like he also becomes a great defender to be an elite player or like let's see if he can't be a good playmaker because it's the nba is really good right now like it's crazy to say this but if you're just a 30 point per game score you're not like you're going to be a good offensive player, but you're not guaranteed to be an elite one. No, oh, Bradley not. Beal was dropping 30 a night, like two seasons ago. Right. And he didn't make the yeah. all-star team. It was crazy. Yeah. Like he was, he was leading the league in scoring 30 points a game, but the wizards kind of sucked. Sorry, Nevin. And uh, he didn't make the all-star game. I couldn't believe it, but it, it kind of made sense at the same time. 
Yeah, no, exactly. And and it, you're so right too. I drawn compare I've drawn comparisons when I've seen Jalen Green's game, especially because like you said, the like what all of y'all said, the, the vision is what's intrigued us the most outside. I tell I tell Justin this all the time. I'm like, yo, I know he can score. He can do 15 points with his eyes closed. Like I know J- I know Jalen Green can score. I want to see him on the defensive end. What can he give us defensively this season? And what can he what can he give us passing wise, vision wise? And he's you know, he's He's broken all the barriers in terms of his passing. Dare I say, we, me and the GM, you know, we were, were huge followers of the Houston Rockets. When we acquired James Harden, obviously Jalen Green doesn't have the handles of James Harden or the flashy passing that James Harden had. James Harden came in, his best teammate was Jeremy Lin, for God's sakes, and he was still gangbusters from the get-go, led them to the eighth seed in the playoffs. But my whole belief was that I'm seeing just a, a minute version of this, maybe a poor man's version of this, but there's some vision there. And if he can develop that along with the scoring, along with the body, along with the defense, bro, you're looking at, and and with the ability to shoot the ball over in Anthony Davis for a big time three, I mean, you're looking at, I, I dare I say, I mean, not a, maybe not another Kobe, but maybe the first Jalen Green. You never know, you know, maybe one of the yeah. greatest shooting guards. Yeah. In NBA history, man, I mean, and that's that's best case scenario. I'm eviscerated yeah. for writing that the they hadn't been good to start the season with him. But like my initial comp for him when I saw him as like a prospect is like I legitimately, and this had to do with like his flexibility and bend and body control. I'm like this dude's like got a lot of similar characteristics like Michael Jordan, like physically and his ability to like shoot and score. And like you're not allowed to compare people to MJ. And I'm like I get that, but like. That was like my feeling as a prospect. I was like, this dude's ceiling is crazy because I, you just, you, the flexibility thing is like always understated. People focus on the explosion, they focus mm-hmm. on the straight line speed because those things are really easy to see and understand. So, like, any anyone can sit and watch a basketball game and be like, that guy can jump high. But, like, the ability <laughs> to like bend and control your body, like, that's actually like, almost more important to creating space and shots and being an elite scorer. Cause you have to do mm. it so frequently. And like when I, <clears throat> that part of his game, I'm like, I, I, that, and that part, that's something MJ really had that, you know, mm. people focus on the big dunks, but like he could control and contort his body going to the rim. And it was just absurd. No, it's true. Like, like when you see him in the air, it's the same way. And I think that just screams louder to the point of where it's like, we want him to play make more because regardless, he's going to have the ball in his hands more. Once he starts developing everything else, the fact that he will have the ball a lot more, it's like, why not try the playmaker role? You know what I mean? Because I mean, he's going to dominate regardless, based on the fact that he can be that 30 point per game guy. And we've seen little glimpses. So it's like, why not? And like just the, the tap on the fact that you were talking about flexibility. The, the contorting of the body, like that type of thing, you're right. You know, we're not thinking about those little aspects of his game because you see the sexy aspects, but in regard, you'll see like, that's something that you saw with, with Kobe. You don't see that much in today's league with the type of smoothness that Jalen Green possesses and how he moves. That's the kind of thing that we'll see. And I'm very, I'm still very excited to see what we got. And I think that, Obviously, we're homers. Let's be real. We're still f- we're fans at the end of the day, but I don't think it's a bad thing to scream praises and to truly believe in the potential. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, I want to say I, I I like Tracy McGrady <clears throat> as as a historical comp, not necessarily like 
Uh, McGrady has a little bit of size, obviously, on him, but in terms of like the tier that he occupies in the league, you know, mm-hmm. Tracy McGrady, he was probably never the best player in the league, but like he had a case here and there. People forget, I think, a little bit that like his lack of team success gets held against him, but he had atrocious luck, right? Like Grant Hill got hurt, and then he came to Houston, and Yao got hurt which is like, you know, the worst year of my life, pretty much. And he just, he just, <laughs> he had a lot of bad luck. But like, I always felt like Trace McGrady might actually be the most talented player in the league, you know, like, but he was never, he never quite had the title, but I, I could see Jalen having a similar career arc, hopefully with better luck. And I also think in terms of T-Mac, though, it's also hard work. The thing is about T-Mac is that Jeff Van Gundy, he was on ESPN broadcast saying this. He was like, when T-Mac was tired, he told Jeff, oh, take me out of the game. So it's also the want. You know, uh, Kobe was quoted as saying that T-Mac had the most absurd ability out of every out of everyone he's ever seen in his entire life. And if T-Mac had the work ethic of a Kobe and Jordan and the health of Kobe and Jordan, you may have be looking at by far the greatest of all time. They've admitted to this. And look, 6'8", lanky, can jump out of the building. He can jump over anybody. He can shoot over anybody. He had the ability. People tend to forget that Kobe and T-Mac were neck and neck for like a good two or three years for being scoring champs, you know, going head to head. The Magic and Laker games were always uh, must-watch TV. I, I, I love the comparisons. Nevin, in terms of for Jordan, I, I don't think uh, people, I hear people compare him to Kobe. So I don't think it's a bad comparison to compare him to Jordan, especially for jumping ability. I mean, ju- if you're talking jumping ability alone and people tend to forget Jordan, his rookie year was not an outstanding shooter either. He was a great defender and he had hops out of the building. That's how he got. That's how he was drafted. Now, granted, Jalen Green doesn't have the defense of it, but he can jump out of the building. It's, it's similar yeah. comps in terms of rookie. Jordan also like people do this thing where I, I don't like when people compare rookie seasons anymore because I just go, there's like an entire era where like you had to play four seasons of college. Jordan was like what 22, 23 when he enters the NBA. Like I think it was 22, maybe 21 actually. But um, you know, he's two years older than Jalen Green is. Like age is a pretty important thing, and those Huge. two years are really, really, really important. I mean, like if you go back and I'm not saying I'm a basketball nerd, but like I go back and I look at like uh, Jordan and LeBron's like peak seasons and like their best regular seasons, like in terms of like overall production, it was like their age 24 seasons. Right. So like, we're looking at this, like Jalen greens, like if he's going to be like one of the best ever, that'd be great. If he's going to be a really good player, we're not going to know that probably for another three seasons. And what's most important is, if you go look at like a guy like LeBron or Luca, these guys that came in and were really good really quickly, they were basically like slightly above average to average NBA players as rookies. When you're as young as Jalen Green, it doesn't matter if you stink. It matters if like you're okay, right? Like if you're really bad, that's a concern. But if you get, if you're just right there at average and then that second season and there's any growth there, then you know you have something that's going to be special. And for, I think, the way he plays, he's guaranteed to make an all-star team if he reaches like half of his potential. I always believed as long as he isn't uh, the Darko Milicic of the draft or say a Sebastian Telfair of the draft, you got a winner. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Okay. Kwame Brown. Oh, yeah. Kwame. Oh, (laughs) did you have to say that? (laughs) Right, right. All right. Well, a good fighter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> All right. Let, let's go home. Let's get ready to go home here. Uh, but before we do, let's talk about real quick. So let's let's fast forward to the draft. I just want to know, as of right now, I don't know who many of y'all I know. James said he's a big he's a big draft watcher. He's always thinking ahead. 
Um, let's ask you first, James, since you, you know, you, you know, the draft and you, you know, these college players that are coming up. Well, I'm going to ask each and every one of y'all what if the Rockets ping pong balls land our way, and we get the number one pick. You got Paolo Banchero. You got Jabari Smith. You got Chet Holmgren. You got Jaden Ivey. James, let me throw it over to you first. The number one overall pick. James is the GM. Who do you select? Man, I'm not going to sleep for a week leading up to the draft, first of all, right? Right now, I'm really torn between Chet Holmgren and Jabari Smith. (laughs) And I realize that Paulo is probably like the consensus and you're supposed to draft best player available. I don't think there's any world where Paulo Bancaro and Alperen Shangun can field like a league average defense as a a front court together. I, I, I worry about their combined length and lateral quickness and like just overall i i think that sounds like a bit of a mess so i think right now i would go chad holmgren because he could potentially the way i look at it is this if chad holmgren is like 85 percent as good as evan mobley right and we got 85 percent of evan mobley and jalen green that's better than getting evan mobley you know what i mean so mm-hmm. i i wouldn't be able to pass out that opportunity i don't think on the flip side, I think Jabari Smith Jr. is a beautiful fit with Shangun, right? Because if Shangun could draw doubles in the uh, on the low block, and he's got an elite shooter, uh, you know, circling waiting for him in, in Jabari Smith Jr., th- that can make for a really dynamic offense coupled with Green. So I'm a little bit split, but like like gone to my head right now, I would choose Chet Holgram. Okay. That solid, solid pick. Obviously, I think before the college season started, he was my consensus. My consensus number one. It's obviously changing. You'll get my answer last. But Nevin, I'll go over to you now. Nevin, you're the GM of the Houston Rockets. You get the number one pick. Who do you select? I mean, honestly, I, I don't start paying attention to prospects until much closer to the draft. But I will say this: um, my my feeling is, you take the whoever you think is the best player. Like, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. it does not matter, because <laughs> um, historically speaking, like the number one overall pick is in a tier of its own in terms of like career value. Right. And so like picks two, three and two and three kind of are their next tier. And then three, four, five, six are like their own tier. It's like, if you get the number one pick, take the best available player, because as much as I love Shangun or whoever they draft at number one, whichever one, if they don't fit, whichever one turns out worse is probably still going to be pretty good. That Brooklyn picks something else, you get SGA or something, right? Like, yeah, it, it, like it's why I was saying, like, think of the Rockets, like, you gotta think of rebuilds as like three seasons or like four seasons. It's like this is the first third of the season, and this will be like the you know, the beginning of the second third of the season, adding this player that might not fit. It's like, yeah, if you're competing for a championship, fit matters, but you know, that's not what's happening right now. Exactly. I think it's probably going to be Chet um, just because you, I mean, rim protection is so rare in a guy that can maybe defend the perimeter at like an average level. And that to me is just like, you know, for instance, like if the Bucks won another championship, what do people do? They like copy the championship team. They look at the formula big, you know, it's like Anthony Davis, mobile, big Giannis mobile, big, like that's kind of the way the NBA is trending is like, the deciding factors in a lot of these series are like, not like who has the best guards. It's like who has the biggest guy that can like move like a guard. Um, I think I told this to James. It's basically, I just want the biggest people possible with point guard skills. 
and i think chet has like it's a the few NBA point guard today. skills yeah like i mean just like give me that like being big is a huge advantage having point guard skills is a huge advantage just give me the guy that has both of those the most and i think chet might have that um plus you get elite rim protection which like i guess is good <laughs> right right and maybe maybe it'll just just a smidge right <laughs> no i totally get your point exactly um gm let's direct it over to you now I, I, you're, you're right around the spectrum of Nevin. I, I, me and James are along the same front. I, I'm always, especially the funny thing is like when the Rockets weren't in the lottery, I just dropped. Like when we got hard and I was like, all right, screw this. We're good. I don't need to pay attention anymore. So I've put it to bed <laughs> since starting last year. I finally was like, all right, let's go. And, uh, so like in 2012 was the last draft. It was the Anthony Davis draft. I was like, all right, I want Anthony Davis. I want Damian Lillard. Give me Harrison Barnes. Like I was touting for those guys, but uh, GM mm-hmm. over to you now. Number one pick who you got. I'm going to go with Ben Caro, man. Best player available at this point in time. It's kind of like you get the best player you can and you figure out the fit later. You know what I mean? Is it that, that in my mind, that's just how it always should be when you're, when you're at this point of uh, development, when you just kind of suck a bit, you just yeah. go with what you, you go with the best player and then you figure it out from there. I mean, I can see what you're talking about with Chet because Chet would f- check more of the boxes of what we need. You know what I mean? And the great thing about this draft is that there's so many intriguing prospects like that are very, very good. The past couple of years, there've been really, really good prospects coming out. So, and with that, it's just like, options are plenty even if we were to be the fourth pick we still come out with a victory which is the crazy thing you know what i mean like flat, this last year's draft was like the top three and then it's like oh we'll see how number four or five six go right this year i feel like we have four solid guys that could possibly go number one and hopefully fit where they go um but in my opinion you know I, i'm gonna go ben caro I like what I see from him. I'm not sure how I feel about Chet considering the size, but obviously when you're like, what, seven, one, seven, two, you're, and you're like 18 years old. Yeah, man, you don't eat nearly enough. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, you're, it's okay. You know, and the thing you worry about is project a and B injuries because you're so big. That's the issue that would worry me. Ben has more of the NBA body. Like, you know, cause what would put him next to like a Cade, you know, like he has the size, the strength to play today in the league. He could have bypassed um, college and played now based on his size. If we're just talking that alone, but that's where I, that's where my mind's at in all honesty, anything can change. Uh, Ivy is very intriguing, you know? So, I mean, in regards to that, that's just, that's another person that's in mind, but who knows, man, I'm excited it's very nice to have these options and possibilities and things to talk about. So I'm for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So we got bank one for Bancaro, two for Holmgren, and I'm going to break the seal going both ways. I'm going to go Jabari Smith uh, just because he's six ten, lengthy athletic averaging 40 plus percent from three. He can defend. I'm like, dude, like, and I see his jump shot and I'm like, dude, you can, he can raise that jump shot over anybody. And I'm just seeing that now. And I'm like, this dude has range for days. Dare I say Kevin Durant light. I mean, I'm seeing a little bit of that. Maybe my, not with the athleticism, the crazy out of the building athleticism that Durant had, but I'm seeing it the length. He's six ten, and I think his wingspan is like seven four, seven five, which is just insane. You can plug him at the three. I mean, in today's NBA, he's a four. Um, 
you know, if you really need to, you can go LP at the five. You can run with Jabari Smith at the four. But my dream, personally, if everyone develops properly, would be KPJ at the one, Jalen Green at the two. And then you plug in Jabari Smith. And I think you definitely got something to work with there. And then, you know, people tend to forget that in two years or at the end of the 2023 season, uh, two max slots at most open up for the Rockets. Who knows what will happen if Jalen Green develops, if a Jabari Smith, a Chet Holmgren, a Bancaro come in and they all go gangbusters and we make the play in. And a guy like Kawhi Leonard, a guy like established vet say, oh, man, this is this is where I got to go. And that's it. And then, boom, you know, you go from you go from play into one of the top seeds and you got the young team and you got the right star vet to work with and you got something. So I totally agree with both the else points. I think everyone has like the good argument going forward though. I, I, I could argue Chad Holmgren, dude, he was my number one pick and initially. So, and Ben Caro too, and Jabari Smith. So we all got good points. And so thanks for playing. We always, I always have to end on a little game with my, uh, with my first guests. Always. I just wanted to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, y'all let's go ahead and go home here. Look, Nevin and James, real quick, thank you so much for joining. We really appreciate y'all uh, meeting us at the summit for the first time ever. First of more, hopefully we can get y'all in for more. We really appreciate it. Um, real quick, one of y'all, um, give a little plug. That I'm roll out the red carpet for y'all. Um, give me a little, give us a little ad. Like, let us know what's above the break. Let us know what the above the break podcast is, so we can bring people to y'all's uh, pod and let them know. Whoever wants uh, to do it. I think I think above the break is best described as me and James agreeing about certain things and then getting in like heated death matches over like small minute details about the Houston, <laughs> yeah. Rockets. The Houston Rockets like roster. Um, we do a thing every uh, episode called like the Rockets Roundup. So if you're a Rockets fan, check us out above the break. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're on um, Anchor. We probably got to put up on a m- more things, but you can find us at Twitter. We put up all of our episodes at a. Uh, above underscore the underscore break um and uh yeah i'm more analytically inclined than a lot of uh standard podcasts or nba observers as you probably picked up on so if you do like the numbers and someone digging into that like i know i do a great job james you know tell people why you're the best in the business (laughs) <laughs> I, I I think like Nevin's like the math and I'm like the philosophy, you know, like I, I give the normative explanations to his empirical data and uh, it's like a yin and yang, man. We got, I think we have a good product, uh, a little light on followers and listeners. So if, if you're listening to this, come check us out above the break, man. And thank you guys so much for having us. Yeah. I, I had a lot of fun personally. Yeah. Thanks awesome. so much. Honestly, bring us back whenever you want. Um, yeah. Oh, we appreciate that. Seriously. Please, please. please. <laughs> <laughs> so no, for sure. For sure, y'all. No, seriously. Like, we're always open to having more guests, and you guys have been incredible, and we appreciate it. And yeah, don't worry. We'll there'll be more. And we're pumping out like two per week now at this point since we uh since we got on a fan side. So we'll definitely be getting all y'all in the future and for sure. Absolutely. So if you ever need Astros content, hit me up. I'll grab the spreadsheets and I'll be like. All right, man, this dude's fastball has a lot of spin. It's going to work well at the top of the zone. You're preaching to the GM over here to my left. He's, <laughs> he's all about that. He's more baseball-minded than I am. I'm, I'm, more with, uh, I'm more with James. I'm a philosophy guy. I mean, he's got, he's got the great OG Astros hat. Like, those, those oh, dude, the, this, this time he already hurt. He already was my it. favorite time <laughs> ever. I mean, I love the World Series, but, I mean, when I was growing up, we got Randy Johnson, 98. Like, come yeah. on, man. Like, did, how did you not? How could you not love that? Oh, I'm an Orioles Orioles fan. So like we poached one of your guys to like run our team. Um, So we're really bad, but 
We'll be, we'll be, all the teams I like are in rebuilds, except for the, the Washington Capitals. And I don't even really like hockey. So it's just like, it's like, oh man, like the one good team I don't care about. Right. <laughs> Houston, need, Houston needs one. Um, mm-hmm. All right, boys, let's go, ho- go ahead and go home here. Thank you so much. This is never. Oh, hold, 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 hold on. Oh, I'm hold sorry. On. Put put in a plug for you guys' personal stuff, like your Insta, your, oh, pers- yes, your Twitters yes. too. If you want let's get followers. some followers for you guys. Yeah. Let's get some followers uh, for y'all for I sure. Can't, I can't handle that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, every time I post something, every time I post something, some Houston Rockets fans get real. Someone, one one person. It's really just one. Some people. It's like one person every time they get real upset. They're like, "You're the dumbest person I've ever met." I'm like, I don't think That's... you read this article because all the things you said about why my article is stupid are in there, and I addressed them. And I think you just read the title. And it was just shock value, of course. Yeah, <laughs> and, well, we, and we uh, read all of them, and they're and they're insightful. I, I would have told we would have told you like, hey, Nevin, man, the article's a little, but like, nah, dude, we read yeah. them all, and they're good. They're insightful. So definitely, definitely check out Space City Scoop. Um, I do a lot of the the content, but we have some great contributors. James got his start there with Fansided at Space City Scoop as a contributor, and I saw how great this dude was, and I was like, he's got to be running his own website. So now he's stuck you know, writing about a really good team, but not the team closest to his heart because he was sell out. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, didn't, I wasn't going to say it. Don't you worry, man. I'm, I'm still the host here. I got I to gotta, I gotta be professional. Got to keep it professional. <laughs> but it's still Utah. But it's still Utah. Yeah, I, I, I won't plug the J notes. I, I, I don't think that's <laughs> point, pointless, you know, on a Rockets podcast. But uh, James Piercy 11 on Twitter. Come check me out. I post about the Rockets obsessively, you know, and I'm openly desperate for followers, unlike Devin, who wants you to avoid his Twitter. So <laughs> come check me out. <laughs> for sure. For you sure, don't brother. even use my real name for my writing Twitter. That's how you know <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to avoid followers. <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's like Banksy. It's like a graf- the graffiti artist Banksy. Like, who's the famous Mr. Lindbergh? Yeah, who's the famous Mr. Lindbergh? Well, I'm actually Banksy as well. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Seriously, guys, we really enjoyed this episode. Definitely one of the best in terms of banter. Absolutely. So we're definitely going to have y'all again soon. Go ahead and check them out. Give them a follow. Listen to them above the break podcast they're gonna do great things nevin and james thank you so much for joining us we're gonna have y'all again soon and we hope y'all have a good week thank you so much guys appreciate it thank you so much thanks boys check out the what summit state of mind check that out too if you're listening and ever heard of it check it out hey there you go keep on fire Aw, you didn't have to go so all out for my birthday. Yes, we did. Because birthdays are about showing your friends how much you care for them and how grateful you are for them. This is Jamie from Progressive. No, this is a great time. Progressive protects you 24-7. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry that happened. <clears throat> Jamie. Can you hold on one second? Uh, I gotta take this call. But remember, birthdays are about togetherness. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. The Summit for, 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 for Life.